Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. I think fall is officially... Oh, we're done talking about fall? We're done talking about fall. That's not even on the list today. So I can officially say it. Yes. No more fall, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we even are though, done. We won't talk winter yet, though. Right, because this is still coming out in technically fall. Can I tell you a fun story real quick? Yeah. About fall and winter? Of course. So um, we are working with the student advertising group here on campus. We love to support the students since we're on campus. We want to try to help them learn things. Um, and often we're working with planty students, you know. Uh, right. So we branched out a little bit and we're working with the ad students and they have an ad group. Uh, it's called Yacht Club. Ads as an advertisement. Yes, yes, as an advertisements. And uh, one of the things we tasked them with was to put together a content calendar, social media content calendar, right? Because they're like 19 and we want to... Much better at it than Much us. better than <laughs> we are. So I just got the content calendar and they did it for all of November. Okay. As, as like an example. And I think it was like a, a the week after Thanksgiving, they have a post about how it's not too late to plant. And I was like, <gasps> uh, it is. <laughs> well. Depends on what you're talking about. Um, but trees. They are like promoting winter planting. And I said. Where are they from? Where did you get this information? Because it wasn't from us. So, um. Finally, we are going to say, it's probably time to stop planting perennials. I wouldn't do it. Maybe some trees. I'm going to plant bulbs tonight. Bulbs. Before it gets cold. Oh, man. I got to do that. I didn't even think about that. I got to right. add that to my before I go on vacation And don't forget list. that some of them made us itchy, so wear your gloves. Wow. Everyone, Sarah and I had an <laughs> unexpected response to some bulbs <laughs> because we were packing Bloombox bulbs. There's a plug for that. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden we walk away and like my face and, and neck was all red and we can't figure out what bulbs it was. I that felt just, like oh. someone had thrown a hay bale in my face. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Like, or like insulation. Itchy. Yeah. Like you rolled in it. Everyone else was fine. They were mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I kind of smell like onions from the alliums. And I had to go to the bathroom and like wash everything. We hydrocortisone. Yeah, yeah. Good thing we bought that first yeah. aid kit. So there's our PSA. I guess there's some allergy bulbs out there. We don't know what they are. So now when we plant them, we're going full hazmat suit <laughs> <laughs> to keep it from happening again. So it went away. Like it was. It really didn't last very yeah. long. It was just one of those annoying kind of itches where if you can't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I never had chicken pox, so I can't I didn't either. relate it to that. But I imagine similar yeah, yeah. but shorter lived. I get stinging nettles. I did when I was a kid frequently get stinging nettles. And that's kind of what it was like. If you mm -hmm. could just stop mm -hmm. thinking about them, they pretty much went away. Mm -hmm. That's really hard to that, not think about them. Before you could identify the dock flower to go with it? Oh, yeah, plant, probably. I I mean, I could identify stinging nettles. They just didn't stop me from wanting to <laughs> get to the thing on the other side of well, them. Sure. Yeah. 
We would jump in the creek and smear mud on our legs first. Does that work? Well, it stopped it them from being able to sting right. you. Right. It was a very... Life uh, tip. Yeah, from a 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it. Maybe just wear pants. I don't know. <laughs> Long socks. <laughs> also would work. But not as fun. No. Mm-mm. No. Any excuse to smear mud on yourself when you're 10 is appreciated. I think so. Okay, what are we actually talking about today? So today is uh, affectionately titled What I Wish I Would Have Known because these is, this is a list of things I wish I would have known when I started gardening. And it came from me gardening over the weekend and then I just walked in to work Monday morning and I went, Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things I wish I would have known because now I'm fixing things. Yeah. Um, which we already talked about in our garden fails episode, but we're going to get into less fails and just more what I would have done if I'd known. Mm -hmm. It's not going to just be you. Everybody like thinks of me as knowing stuff about plants, but I didn't just like always. I still had to learn that raised bed compost. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's on here. One of mine is soil versus compost. Mine is soil (laughs) composition (laughs) right here. So yeah, it'll be good. So that's what we're talking about today. And we would happily take your stories Mm -hmm. um, on social media or in voicemails, however you want to send them. We'll we'll announce this episode with a post and welcome your stories in the comments because um, one of the reasons it's nice to talk about this isn't just to make us feel better. It's because there's always a gardener or a a future gardener who hasn't heard these stories yet. Right. And um, maybe we can save them from our mistakes. That would be great. Yeah. And just so you all know, Live announcement here. Sarah doesn't know about this yet. Oh, that always look at her face. (laughs) The episode after this one comes out on Cyber Monday. Oh, so it's time to talk gardening gifts. Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to be talking about that. So just hold your horses a little bit, and we'll help you find the right gifts for gardeners. That is exciting. I'm going to have to start making like an Amazon wish list to to save things we have a bloom box amazon wish list for people that want to help out we should we take tools to schools when we go to plant tools to school tools to school (laughs) (laughs) and they're like my recommended works for little hands tools Mm because it's not always that easy to pick tools that do real jobs but work for little hands Mm -hmm. exactly so just beware next one all yeah. about shopping. Oh, it's I'm be great. excited. I'm excited too. It's so much fun. But let's talk about what we wish we would have okay. known. Would you like to go with your first one? I think we better do the soil one. Yeah, we, we both did just had talk about it, it and we talked about it. Mm-hmm. So mine is definitely knowing the difference between soil and compost. Sure. Um, and sometimes my my fails are actually just because I started gardening in college when my budget was like negative. Sure. And so I used the com- the story that we told in a past episode was that um, my husband, who I was dating at the time, we built some raised beds together and we that like took our budget. So mm-hmm. we went to the transfer station to the dump and just got free compost to fill them with. 
Um, and compost Which is dump. Compost is also not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dump. It's compost from the dump. So it had some weed seed in it. It compost is really dense and heavy, mm-hmm. and we filled his entire pickup. Did you get a good like ab and arm workout? Oh yeah, scoop it we were in pain, <laughs> and oh, no. because we filled his whole truck, mm-hmm. we had to empty the whole mm-hmm. truck because. What else was he going to do? Drive to campus with a truck full of dirt? At least it wasn't manure. (laughs) That's true. Uh, And then it like, you know, it's really heavy on the race bed, you know, so there was a lot of bowing and warping and bulging. (laughs) No things you want on your race bed. Really, anywhere. And then there was a lot of settling. So Mm -hmm. after all that work, the next spring, we had half the soil we started with. How are your vegetables, though? Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) We had so many zucchinis. My lemon ball was like the size of a bush. Mm -hmm. It was um, was great. Um, We did grow some killer sweet corn that then got um, cooned while we were away for the weekend. Those damn. Which was a bummer. <laughs> Borrow Alistair. Yeah. He has killed one raccoon. Go oh, Alistair. Ooh, that was, was rough. Yeah. I raccoons mean, can be scary. I love all living things. So it's always hard for me. But he's gotten two possums and one raccoon and multiple rabbits. We won't yeah. even. So um, it every time I'm always like, oh, no. But that time in particular, the windows were open. Oh, it no. Was, That's awful. You know, like a nice yeah. out. And all of a sudden, I wake up to something screaming. Oh, it was like blood curdling at two in the morning. And then I have to run outside and like, drop it. Drop it. <laughs> and, and you're like, but do you really want him to or you just want him to finish? <laughs> I know, because then it was like still alive but not gonna make it yeah it's like somebody needs to put this out of its misery but not me <laughs> it's not me <laughs> so anyway sorry guys we got off topic but a little bit um yeah soil composition so yeah. for me it's just knowing when i dig into the soil what does it mean? Yeah, like, what like you can feel it, but mm-hmm. what else does that mean? Right, because I can definitely, I always knew, oh, this is clay. This yeah. looks like clay, right? So that one's a little bit easier. And then there's parts that's sandier. So it was a lot of, well, do I need to do anything about this? Or should yeah. I just keep planting and go on with my time? And so now I have a better idea of what to do for those because I have a couple very clay areas and so I can use a little topsoil and compost some of my compost (laughs) (laughs) and just do a little turning like I don't do the full scrape and amend but mixing it in together like it's unrealistic it's unrealistic I think that you know, you might in a really, really small scale, mm-hmm. but I don't think very many well-established gardeners really do like truly take out and amend the soil. The only times I really know of is if you took out concrete Sure, and there's like no way around mm-hmm. removing the dead soil. Yeah. And then the other thing that I wish I knew better was what to buy. Yeah, <laughs> there's lots of things that people will take money for. Right, because I went 
I would go to the whatever, you know, Menards and knowing I needed soil. Yeah. But then there's there's compost, there's topsoil, there's garden soil, there's potting soil, there's like just there's even raised bed soil. Yeah. They make so many and then there's like some of it that has some manure mixed in and some are these other mixes. Worm casting. Yeah, worm casting. Bat guano. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I had no clue what to do. And I'm like frantically Googling at the store. I don't so eventually I just went with topsoil. I pretty much always buy topsoil. Yeah. It's probably the safest. Mm-hmm. I one two like points that it took me a bit to learn was silt soil mm. and organic matter. Yeah. They can look and feel kind of similar, at least compared to like clay versus silt. And then like a dead, dry, dusty soil versus a soil that's just dry. Sure. A soil that's fine if it just got some water. Mm-hmm. Those two things. To, and I don't know that there's a fast way to learn that. It's really just like you have to keep touching the soil and then seeing how it works. Just keep getting your hands dirty. Right. Which um, there's definitely tasks I use garden gloves for, but planting is not one of them. Because I just cannot tell enough about the soil without touching it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I think that covers soil. Right. All right, my next one. This is one that we are finding nobody knows about. And we were just talking about it at a planting we did, not last week, but the week before, where we're trying to dig into this hard ground and and the shovels are bouncing off the ground. Bending. (laughs) Or bending. Everyone, sharpen your shovels. Please. Please sharpen your shovels. And we mean that. Truly. <laughs> they don't come that way. Take it somewhere. Get it sharpened. They were already originally supposed to be sharp, but they're not because the store doesn't want you to cut your toes off. Right. Right. So take it somewhere. Sharpen it. That lawn sign with the guy's phone number who sharpens mower blades, call him. He'll sharpen your shovel. He can sharpen your shovel. Mm-hmm. A file might not be so much fun, but it can. Mm-hmm. My husband sharpens mine with a grinder thing sure Couldn't i have a picture <laughs> last he did it for me a couple weeks ago and i took a picture of the sparks flying to show you guys Ooh, fun yeah it's pretty fun Silas you and started I... that fire <laughs> <laughs> no, no he, the fire. <laughs> he did it in the garage <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but silas and i did stand outside the garage i held him up on my shoulder so he could see in the window and we watched the the spark show Nice. Yeah. I bet he thought that was cool. He thought it was great. He wanted to go. And he calls our garages. It's actually just a shop and it's separate from our house. And he's he has named it Papa's Little House. Aww. So he's always got to show me. And he gets to go in and watch him work sometimes. And he always has to show me the treasures he found in Papa's Little House. <laughs> Papa's Little House. Oh, I love it's it. It's pretty cute. So, yes, sharpen your shovels. Don't stop there. Yeah. You can sharpen Everything. anything. <laughs> A uh, little WD-40 is excellent mm-hmm. for any all of your garden tools. Mm-hmm. All of them, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. I know quite a few of us have sharpened, uh, like, hand trowels yep. for specific yep. things. Yeah. D- garden knives, they exist. Yeah. You can get one. That 
don't just throw it in your back pocket. <laughs> the serrated ones are harder. I don't really know how to sharpen those. I think you could file them, but I just sharpen the flat side and then I leave the serrated side alone. Yeah. I did learn at a planting this fall that you should tell other people if you lend them your tools that have been sharpened. Yes. Um, I don't think she'd mind us telling the story. It was Michelle. She had come on her first planting visit and I just had set the box of trowels out and then nice are um, starting to dig the hole and I was like just so you know that's really sharp <laughs> and she, she, good yeah. to know you should tell more people that <laughs> like you know I probably should <laughs> well yeah and when it's your standard to yeah. Yeah. have sharp tools it's not ever yeah. like it you just in your head you're like you assume all tools are sharp you i do mm -hmm. if i pick up somebody else's shovel even though i know that hardly anybody knows to sharpen them i pretend it is yeah because you should always you should always assume a tool is sharp err on the up. side of caution yes and mm -hmm. please for the love of all the people in your garden if you lay a rake down <laughs> tines down <laughs> folks <laughs> yeah tines down uh -huh. same for your hoe <laughs> oh my god we had a close call at a plantain a couple weeks ago my dog has tripped over <laughs> I can't left. help your dog no I can't it was so funny too because then he was like what's that string here and attack that's it. in my way <laughs> um, so yeah Tines down. In fact, a little extra assurance, just step on that rake mm -hmm. and stab it in. Stab it in. Sa save a emergency call. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If your spade, if you can't throw it into the ground and it sticks, not it's not sharp, sharp enough. enough. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Sharpen that thing. So also, if you are coming to a planting project with us, say yeah. you got a grant and you it's your volunteer day to do the full truckload of planting and you show up with brand new shovels we're gonna be sad we're, yep we're just gonna be sad and i'm gonna i'm gonna make my favorite power move which is to stand on the tailgate of the truck and toss my spade down so it stabs <laughs> in the ground <laughs> and start throwing plants take this one take this one uh, we're rough it's like i equate it to like you've talked about this before and other people, the nurses in the hospital right after yes. you have a baby yeah. and they're just like, here, they're, take it. Like they're throwing this baby, not literally. They're so but used to babies and they know how and where they're breakable. Mm -hmm. It's the same with plants. It is. We're just throwing them all around, yeah. yanking them out of pot. I carry, when I lay out grasses, I carry them around by the hair. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I mean, and then I just kind of toss them like little lawn darts into their spots and I get some really weird looks and that is one thing when i first started gardening i treated every plant like it was made out of like china which isn't bad and it's thing. not it, it it'd be better to err on the side of caution mm -hmm. than to be tossing around something breakable because there are you don't want to be tossing around succulents they'll crumble apart sure yeah um but you can you can treat plants a little bit rougher than you might assume and in fact sometimes you need to if you're planting super root-bound things and you need to get them out of the pots, you can just rip them up. Um, and you you have to. Okay, so know your soil. Sharpen your shovel. What's your next one? My next one is the size of plants. 
And I oh, mean, the- I have that too. I have size matters, which then <laughs> made me laugh and got a song stuck in my head. That is, I don't think it's actually called size matters, but I don't, it has the same. And now it's stuck <laughs> in my head. So I did not, I don't know how much I cared to read labels when I was first buying plants. I think I just saw pretty colors and pretty flowers and bought them. It didn't help that when I first started gardening on my own, like not at my parents' house, I was working at a nursery. So I just kept buying stuff. I mean, I worked at a pet store in college, so I just kept getting fish. (laughs) (laughs) So I can relate. That's so funny. But we just kept learning things about, you know, trumpet vine, for Mm. instance. And it's excessively aggressive growth pattern and the size that it can get um it broke our trellis because it got too heavy and then you know like just it usually it's height so things get really tall and they block your view but sometimes it's like they're floppy habits and i would just have these plants like flopping into other plants and that's fine when you designed that way. That's not so fine when you now have no idea what's in this little corner of plants. <laughs> yeah. And and you really liked something underneath and now it can't mm-hmm. show through. Mm-hmm. I've would, had that same problem. I would really do it in my pots because I would want them mm-hmm. full. Mm-hmm. And so I'd put like five plants in there when one plant would have filled the pot. But for a week, it looked really good. For a week, it looked fantastic. And there are some stores that do that on purpose to get you to buy it right away. And those hanging baskets are the prime culprits that are so full of like, if you actually break them apart, there's like six plugs in there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's the end of May and you can't even keep water in that pot because there's no soil left. It's all roots. That's why I break them up. Yeah. That's smart. It doesn't look pretty at first, but... I always plant my own hanging pots, um, which means a little more patience, but you can kind of over-fertilize them and Mm -hmm. get them going a little bit. It means a little bit of patience, but I had these this hanging pot of begonias until late October when we finally got that 18-degree night and they froze. You start with plugs or seed? Just six-packs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't quite have the patience for seed. I have done six packs before sometimes it is cheaper to just buy one hanging basket or whatever because then i have my hanging baskets that i like so you just buy the cheap plastic Mm -hmm. ones and then you like divide up the plants Uh uh-huh that's really smart you just recycle the pot yeah because they've already got them to like the super blooming stage Mm -hmm. so you don't have to wait for those flowers Mm -hmm. yeah i learned that from my mom smart moms yep she does that for her um, she has this old bike in her garden oh, I with a basket and she fills the basket with flowers. Oh, I love so it. So it can't fit a full hanging basket. Right. So. Cause there's not the right shape either. Right. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess for me, size has been, well, you've all heard my story of my first bloom box. Yes. Being in the wrong size area. So <laughs> just measure. Just measure. When we say... And, and we tell you to put plants much closer than even the tags will tell you at True. times. But you still need 
some amount of space. That's the really confusing thing. That took me a while when I was, I think I caught on quickly to the fact that I wanted plants closer together than the tag said because I wanted them touching. The tags in nurseries will a lot of times have you spacing plants by their like maximum mature Mm -hmm. size. And so if you do that, then you end up with all this mulch space in between, which is not how we design at NSA. We design our native gardens a lot closer than that. But I also I've always been a cottage gardener aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't work. You have to plant closer. Uh, But I could not. Until I knew more about plants, I couldn't make that decision on my own to say, all right, I know this plant, like mature can be 24 inches, but I want it a little squished, but how squished can I squish it? Right. Um, so you can squish it down to like two thirds to a half, but I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would really squish them. Well, and knowing the form of the plant helps you understand yes. how much you can squish it to because... I really enjoy having my fireworks goldenrod fall mm-hmm. over my lady in black asters. Right. And so I planted them very close together, but that was because I knew that the goldenrod would stand straight up for a good ways, yeah, it's a couple like a, feet. It's like a vase. It goes mm-hmm. straight up and then it spills out. And then it spills out. So then I could plant the lady in black right around it pretty tight because they would be bushier yeah they don't tell you that on the tag no they just well, they tell only you, have like two lines of space if we told people everything they wanted to know on a tag you'd end up with a really big tag <laughs> you know what you can do though what google it yeah <laughs> with that computer that you carry around in your pocket i like to i do shop with my phone out a lot mm-hmm the other, the more current way that size matters to me in gardening is that, you know, a lot of times for projects, I, we do like what we call design on the spot. So we take a square footage. Sounds really fun, but it it's kind of really stressful. <laughs> it's not that, you, you get used to it. It's, it's not stress- stressful for you, it's stressful for oh, me. <laughs> it can be a little stressful to me when I'm laying out plants and somebody wants to talk to me and then I forgot what I was doing because I, I do that easily i forget what i was doing but what we do is we take a square footage and we calculate one and a half square feet per plant and then we just bring the correct number of plants and then we lay them out however i've learned that very few people actually know what 100 square feet looks like that geometry class that you said i'll never need to know this again gardening has a lot of geometry this is the time yeah people And so that's something I wish that I had been better at judging from the beginning was now I kind of know 100 square feet and I kind of know 500 square feet. Well, and the other challenging part is how do people want these big swaths planted? Usually in an amoeba shape. Right. And none of us learned how to get the square (laughs) foot of an amoeba. (laughs) I can give you circle, square, rectangle, not amoeba. Yeah. Or trapezoid. Oh, sure. I can't do trapezoid area. It's two triangles. I didn't do well in geometry. (laughs) (laughs) The G classes, geometry and geography, not my thing. (laughs) Yeah, sure. We can talk about geography. Because geography, everyone is like, oh, it's where countries and states and things are. But geography is more about land types. So I think you could, depending on 
what I'm sure you know land types. Mountain. Are you sure I know land? You know? Do oh, you know mountains? Oh, what the types are? <laughs> yes, that I know. Have you heard of mountains? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> those are those pointy things with a, snow on the top. What a fjord. Ooh, I don't those really ones, know what that is, but it always sounds awesome. Right. Well, I know that's one where the name tells you where it is, right? Because fjord clearly yeah. is not an American thing. <laughs> so there we go. We're getting into trouble here. <laughs> I'm giving her a real strange look. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So... Back to whatever we were talking about. Plant laying out plants. Laying out plants. Laying out yeah. plants. Mm-hmm. So yeah, measuring space is hard. But I think how would you recommend people do it? Like I would just find like some the size of something you can remember. So I learned a hundred square feet because it's the size of a basic rectangle bloom box. So I just have seen enough of those to fix that size in my mind so if i have to go judge the area of a space i just kind of walk i walk around the perimeter and think about how many bloom boxes i could fit but that's not what everybody looks at every day so if it's your office if it's your car if it's your you know how big your kitchen is find something you know the size of and then picture how many of those could fit in the space That's how I've done it. Or you could just measure it. Or you could just measure it. That requires you to know where your tape measure is. (laughs) Even if it is an amoeba, measure it. Just measure like the rectangle of it and it'll fit. We'll get it figured out. Things will work out. Plants are very forgiving. Mm -hmm. The, the, The reason why that one and a half square feet works is because... It's an average. And so there'll be the plant or two that you want spaced a little further apart. But then there'll be like some alliums that can go right next to each other. So it works out in the end. You can put those sedges all just in a bucket together. Right right in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Plopped in. (laughs) They'll do great. Yeah. And then like laying stuff out by size i learned so many things by watching how plants grow that it's not just the measure you know like you said with fireworks golden run mm-hmm. it's not just the measurements that matter it's how things work on the edges of the garden so that you have some kind of structural shape to your garden mm-hmm. um, or no structural shape if that's if you want it blending into the things around it um, it took me a long time to be able to look at the plant tag interpret what it was saying there's always like keywords and then like if they say architectural shape that means it's very stiff and sturdy yeah like a building yeah it took me a while to learn those keywords to look for that would interpret the shape to me but then not only to know that but to look at the baby little plant and picture it in the space big Mm -hmm. that there's really no other way than practice yeah that I know to learn that. Yeah, just the more you do yeah. it. Yeah, and that's why measuring fixes that in the meantime. You know? Yeah, because I don't really need to measure anymore. I don't need to measure anymore. But if I'm trying to explain to somebody new how much space these little baby plants can take up, I will, you know, lay out a measuring tape and space them apart because they can't picture that. Uh, but they can trust the measuring tape. And then when this garden matures, they'll be able to put those two pictures together. Little do they know, I messed up the measuring tape. 
That'd be a funny joke. Um, <laughs> that's a thing. I'm those, sure it is. Those um, like sewing measuring tapes mm-hmm. that are plastic, they can get stretched out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I have like my one really nice measuring tape that I try to take care of, but I still check it every once in a while on my hard ones because they only last so long. You're such a serious sewer. Well, sometimes it matters. Yeah. Size matters. <laughs> right okay what do you have up next um i have a note from michelle oh yeah that timing really matters Mm -hmm. um she told the story when they bought their house and they it came with these raised beds and they were really excited about them but they bought their house in july and they thought well it's not fall yet so her husband planted some pumpkin seeds and then they had these beautiful vines filling their raised beds, but they never got any pumpkins. Yeah. Because they didn't, <laughs> there was no time, there was time for them to germinate. Mm-hmm. There was time for them to grow, but there wasn't time for them to flower, get pollinated and grow fruit right. before the end of the growing season. Yeah. And like plants have, especially like our food bearing plants, there'll be a signal to them to start flowering. Mm-hmm. And if you plant them too late in the year... They will just never receive that signal and never flower, mm-hmm. even if there's time for them to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I There's a few other things that timing matters with, I think, too. Because, yes, for vegetables, it's important for sure. Yeah. But then also, I think not a lot of us think about what is my garden going to look like in October? Right. And what are we providing to pollinators in October? So we're recording this is November a day. It's November 7th. And my asters are still in full bloom. My sedges are still like half green and are collecting some really pretty colored leaves around their bases. Mm -hmm. And it looks just like a beautiful fall landscape right now. Right. And this weekend, they're probably going to die because it's supposed to be what, like 14 one night. So they might not make it through that not die they'll go dormant yeah um the flowers will be done but i have seen so many bees mm-hmm. all around because look around my neighborhood not a lot else is blooming cuz everyone's planting for spring summer we got to get more asters and don't you worry i planted like 15 this fall <laughs> <laughs> so next fall we got be a great. strawberry this weekend right and to get a strawberry we had to have bees mhm um, it wasn't a very large strawberry, but it was an edible strawberry. I saw a monarch on my asters last cool. week. Cool. Mm-hmm. So plant for those stragglers. But then also plant for things other than the flowers. Mm-hmm. I think we only, a lot of times we go shopping based on bloom time and bloom color. But right now my garden is She's full looking of at me. Really? <laughs> I'm not. I'm looking at you because I'm talking to you. <laughs> Uh, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, my garden is full of seed heads and like all different textures. Like I've got my spiky liatris and my fluffy goldenrod and... Oh my gosh, my goldenrod's so fluffy. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> it's like it, a shaggy Silas is calling them the puffs. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've got grass seeds and there's a lot more to a plant than just the flower. But we don't always think past the bloom time or even think about the bloom time that if you go to the nursery and you're shopping in may for everything that's in bloom 
it's good. I actually like buying plants that aren't in bloom purposefully because if you're buying spring blooming stuff with no flowers on them, then it hasn't bloomed yet. If you plant the thing covered in flowers, then they're all about to be done. Mm-hmm. And I want to have flowers in my garden in a week and in a month and in two months, not just right now. Exactly. Yeah. So pay attention to timing. Yeah. All of this size matters and time matters. I've been I've been very good at not making any jokes. You have. I, gotta say. I was a little when I saw <laughs> you write that down. I was a little worried. Okay, along with size and time matters, lifespans yes. matter. And that is something that I didn't super think about yeah. when I started planting. Because I assumed perennials, they're immortal. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> that's what it seems like. That's what it's sold as. But that's not true. They, Yeah, they live longer than one season. But they're not going to live forever and ever and ever. And as soon as you plant your garden, it will never change because you planted it all with perennials and nothing will ever happen. If you plant plastic Christmas trees and metal palm trees, it might stay until it rusts, I guess. Right? I don't know. There's not just annual and there's not just perennial. There's like biennial and like short-lived perennials mm-hmm. and semi-woody long-lived perennials. Right. And there's those things that seed out. Yeah. And so... Yeah, you're going to have it in your garden every year, but it's going to move around because it's not the same plant. It's the seeds that are making it show up in your garden every year. So pay attention to those lifespans because there are plants like our um, uh, Baptisia that's going to just be there for a long time. For a very long time. But that's so it's not just how long you're going to have them. It's how long it's going to take them to be what you want them to be. Mm-hmm. So the shorter a plant lives, the faster it's going to look the way you want it to. The longer a plant lives, the longer it's going to take to get to that stunning stage, which is baptisia. It looks real stringy for a while. Yeah. It's probably 5 years before you're going to love that plant. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have it for a very long time. Mm-hmm, exactly. But then there's things like penstemon. Yeah. Which is going to look great for a few years, couple years. But then it, that that original plant is probably going to die out. But it seeds itself. If you let it. Yeah. yeah. If you let it and if you have the bare ground, like you have to do all of that. So that and monarda, right? Like bee yeah. balm is another one. So knowing those lifespans also and and how they I guess replant themselves is important if you want it to keep growing because you need to know to leave some bare spots to not pull it up. What like all of those things. Yeah. All of those all of the characteristics we just mentioned, none of them are good or bad. They're all just things to think about like I love really short-lived plants and I love really long-lived plants. Some of my short-lived plants I want to seed. Some, when they fade, I take the opportunity to put in a different color Mm -hmm. or, you know, a different shape. Some, I take their seeds and sprinkle them in other parts of the garden to shift it around. So they're all good characteristics. We just want a variety. You don't want a whole garden of short-lived perennials. Because you're going to put a whole big budget into planting right. that. And then in two years, you're going to be replanting it. Unless that's your 
that's your thing. Yeah. Some people some people would love really like change and they like to yeah. see something different frequently. Or they want different color schemes mm-hmm. or or sizes. And if you're somebody who likes to switch things up, you may only want to do a couple of those longer live things because they won't give you as much opportunity for change. Yeah. You don't have to only do annuals if you like to change things frequently. I love to just stick a couple annuals. Mm-hmm. Like we have I have we have favorite annuals like yeah. zinnias are one yeah. of my husband's favorites and that ruby crystals annual mm-hmm. grass is one of our favorites, but we just put it into our regular gardens. Yes. We don't have an annual bed and a perennial bed. Mhm. So you can mix it all together, mix and match and know the life cycles of the lifespan so that you can Make informed choices. Yes. And I'll branch off from that in that diversity is key, but there can be too much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So in all of those things in like bloom time and color and in length of life, it's best to mix all of those up. Diversity isn't just like species diversity. Mm -hmm. It's also like age and time and color and all different things. But you're also going to have a really odd effect if you have one of every plant. Could be fun. It could be fun. (laughs) It's really, really difficult for our human eyes to appreciate that. And it's really difficult for insects to find that. Mm -hmm. So if you're planting for humans, a little repetition makes us like gardens better. And plants like community. So that doesn't mean you need to alternate every three plants. It's the same plant. Plant the three plants together. So if yeah. you are trying to put together the, you know, we'll go back to Pinstamen, plant all three of those Pinstamen in a little community together next to each other and they'll enjoy that. They will. I like to plant in like threes and fives, mm-hmm. like little groups of three or little groups of five. Um, sometimes like in my garden, what I like to do isn't always what happens because my <laughs> garden ends up being a test plot for a lot of bloombox plants. So I do have ones and twos of things, and it's as much as I love that I get to test things, it also sort of annoys me. Yeah. Because then if you really like a plant and you've only got one of them, it's not so fun. And then sometimes you can't get very good seed pods or or seeding from that because there's not a lot of pollination happening. So if you're looking for the effect of the Baptisia seed pods with the rattles, the more of that plant you have, the better seed pods you're gonna get mm-hmm. awesome yeah all right the next one i have up in a whole different direction rabbits oh <laughs> like you wish you knew they existed <laughs> you wish you knew they were mammals i wish i knew <laughs> i wish i knew a lot of things about rabbits but mostly i wish i knew you gotta protect your plants right away oh yeah like before you plant them yes. pretty much. Yes. Yeah. I and and I wish I knew that it is a problem that comes and goes sometimes. Oh. Because when I started planting gardens at this house in 2017, I had a little bit of a problem, but nothing that was not manageable and I would cage a plant for a few weeks and it would be fine. If this year, if I didn't cage a plant immediately, it was this gone. next day it was gone. Yeah. Eaten down to the very ground. Just gone, gone. 
And so I was not prepared. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have enough cages. I didn't have enough wire. Yeah. And, you know, once you do all the planting, you're just like tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and I wasn't checking on it. Also, since the types of plants that I put in, I'm not watering them every day. Right. So I go check on them three, four days later when I am going to water them. And (laughs) just there's no garden. (laughs) And then I thought, okay, well, I'll I'll cage them, get them established, right? All that good stuff. Because usually they like the fresh little Mm -hmm. new plants, the green stuff. I went to look at my one of my new gardens that's kind of in a tucked away hidden spot on like the outside of my fence last week. A couple of those plants that had been in full bloom and were like grown up are now eaten. Yeah. They'll just eat anything. Yeah. Especially I, I learned there's like, if you plant at the wrong time so that you have still have teeny baby plants like right when the baby bunnies are out nibbling on stuff because then they're like in a little herd of bunnies. It's way worse than if little herd. <laughs> I don't know the proper term. No, I love it. A fluff, <laughs> a fluff of bunnies, a fluff of baby bunny. Uh, Alistair Ravish. <laughs> <laughs> We're making them sound really cute, but I have my problems with wild mm-hmm. bunnies too. Then. It's it's easier if you have baby plants, like, right after the bunnies have dispersed. Yeah. But I, I feel like they're always baby bunnies. That's true. They're I don't are, know what yeah. happened in my near... Well, here's the thing. Haven't seen the fox. Uh, Foxes in a while. So yeah. I don't... The fox has moved the on. The fox either moved on or died. I don't know. But we had at least one... I think there were two pretty active foxes in our neighborhood and so i think they were really helping to control that rabbit population yeah and this year haven't seen them and the rabbits just came back with a vengeance it's free yes for us we live like two blocks from the local like pet rescue place that sets food out for the cats we i have a point of contention about that (laughs) But but did you listen to the podcast about the feral cats? I did listen to the podcast <laughs> of the feral cats, and I did not see that coming. Um, so when they're feeding the cats and there's lots around, mm-hmm. the rabbit problem is less. Yeah. When they feed the cats too much, the rabbit problem gets worse. Right. You got you to gotta be careful. And it's then every balance. couple of years, they do a cat roundup. Mm-hmm. Then the rabbit problem is really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. The thing that took me by surprise is somehow I was prepared for rabbits. I wasn't prepared for squirrels. Oh my gosh. I knew squirrels they buried are just nuts. Evil. I believe that squirrels are the devil's creatures here on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's intense. Um I knew they planted their acorns and stuff around, and that's how you got some weedy trees. But they just like Dig up my plugs. Yeah. They eat the roots. Yeah. Sometimes they take one bite and decide they don't like it and then just leave my plant out to die, but also not benefit anyone. You could at least replant it. If it hasn't been, but (laughs) they do it while I'm gone from work. No, I'm not talking about you, the 
the squirrels. Oh, yeah. If you if don't you, like it, put it back put in it back. the hole. You plant things all the time. You can plant a plant. Yeah. <laughs> Let's work together here. Mm-hmm. Come on. Um, I, get, I get that they go after bulbs, so that didn't surprise me. But they just, like, dig up my <sighs> plugs. And so I don't know what to do about it. That's the thing. I said what I wish I would have known. But I don't know what I wish I would have known about rabbits. Right. Because <laughs> it's like, what I knew they existed. I knew that they were evil. But I didn't. It's still, what do you do? I'm There's no answer. about using this hot pepper that Bob gave me. So this spring, we really wanted, or maybe it was last spring. I don't know. This spring or last spring. Bob gave me what he told me were paprika seeds. And in his defense, the baggie was labeled paprika seeds. He got it from someone else. I don't know who. And we were all excited. We were going to grow this like massive number of peppers to make our own paprika. And uh-huh. we did. We harvested and we dried all these peppers. They were so hot. Do you think you were going to light on fire? I did. <laughs> I mean, it made your fingers burn. Oh, my gosh. And... But I was, like, pretty committed. Yeah, yeah. I bought a dehydrator to dry these peppers. So I did grind them up. I wore my, like, double-layer COVID mask while I did it. Now we have this little jar of killer pepper. Yes. (laughs) What did I? I think I put a ski mask on. (laughs) I had, like, ski goggles on my COVID mask. And I did it while I was just (laughs) Right, right. All the windows open. I did it in a coffee grinder. I don't drink coffee. That's good. Um, I bought it for grinding spices, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, even though I cleaned it really well, I'm afraid to use it again. Uh-huh. I kind of just want to throw it away. <laughs> so we have this killer pepper powder. And I don't know what cool to do. Cool band name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a mascot for them if they ever form. Uh, Nick was like, maybe I could use a pinch and some dry rub. And I'm like, I'm not eating it. I'm not. Can you bring some? I can. Yeah. I have Matthew try some. Okay. He'll put it in something. Nick we'll didn't see. believe me how hot they were because I'm a wimp about all things hot. So you should generally not trust me. So he bit into one of the peppers. Oh, and no. it did he regretted it. Um so I think because like you can sprinkle cayenne pepper on your plants sure. to keep rabbits off. But you have to do it every time it gets washed off. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking it would only take one interaction with this pepper to scare <laughs> off any animal for good. That's what they would do at the zoo. They would mix hot peppers into the bird food, like for the oh, flamingos the and things. doesn't bother the birds. Mm-mm, mm-hmm. They don't have the right taste buds to yeah. taste it. But the squirrels. It'd keep the squirrels out. Devil incarnate. Okay. Well, I'm going to do that. Maybe when I plant my bulbs this weekend, I should just dip each bulb in the powder. (laughs) So then you can be allergic to the bulbs and and the the pepper. Well, I'm already planning to wear, like, throwaway rubber gloves. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I I don't know what to do with this powder, but that might be the Um, answer. Yeah, bring some. Let's – I'm going to have Matthew try it, and then if you really – you use it for your plants, but otherwise, we have a friend that makes – insanely hot hot sauce this would do it and he would i think like to give it a try i think it would do it well i very carefully made this so i kind of want it to do some good in the Uh world but i don't want it okay sure i don't want it either (laughs) matthew did try one of those hot sauces at a restaurant that you have to sign Sign a waiver waiver for (sighs) and he only got the tip of a toothpick like that's what they brought it out on just a toothpick 
and he touched it to his tongue and I thought he was going to pass out. It was like immediate <laughs> red sweat. It was bad. Ooh. Yeah. So I, I just kept eating my pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I, and being like, well, I'm not the one that chose to eat something you had to t- sign a waiver for. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Have fun. Um, so all that to say this could elicit the same response. Let's see. You could. We'll find but out. I really also, this is where I will miss working from home because I kind of want to see the reaction. Well, we, can do, we can do it together. Sometime. Yeah. We'll try it out. I did get, when we were working from home, I got to see some birds eating my um, over-ripened crab apples and flying into things. Because <laughs> they got drunk. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I did see one more thing on my list. Sure. I don't know what you've got left. I have one more, but okay. you go. Mine was all the ways you can make watering easier. Oh, yeah. Like, I knew you had to water plants frequently, and I generally watered them at the right time. But I would, like, haul a watering can around the yard, or I'd, like, use the hose with no watering attachment. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things. And mm-hmm. they don't even need to be expensive. Like, a cheap $15 soaker hose has gone right. a long way toward my watering. Uh, soaker hoses for establishing new gardens are the best the best and a good watering one the best watering ones are the cheap ones mm-hmm. the ten dollar one that has no doesn't have all the settings atta- no settings it's just like <laughs> on or off <laughs> on off and maybe it has the little thing yeah at the finger but that thing always breaks anyway yeah so you don't have to invest a ton of money just save your back mm-hmm. and the best gardeners water by hand yeah not a lot of sprinklers. There's either soaker hoses or water wands. Mm-hmm. They're not setting up a sprinkler. I always do my trees with a watering can mm-hmm. because it's, I know how much water I gave them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the things that I've learned. I have one more. Okay. It's garden edging. Oh, yes. I remember talking about this with you. Because I thought, I'm boho. No, I didn't yeah. think that, but like... <laughs> That's what I think of every time I see you. <laughs> no, not, not how type A I am. <laughs> but I just thought, who needs edging? That yeah. seems like extra Waste work. of money. Waste of money, extra work. The grass goes to here and the plants start here. That's and they just know where to stop and start. Exactly. That's not true. <laughs> Especially when you don't care too much about your yard. And so it's full of things like Creeping Charlie. <laughs> and then the Creeping Charlie is like, ooh, disturbed soil. I'm going to go there. And then it does because you didn't have any edge. And it's in. in the name. It's right? creeping. It's a creep. <laughs> Charlie is a creep. Um, <laughs> anyways, so edging. I just now I do edging. I put yeah. in some rocks or paving stones the cheap ones that you can get for like less than a dollar a piece and i line it i don't do anything too fancy i still haven't quite figured out how those like roundy ones work they're like curbs almost and i look at them every time and i go which way do they go and oh. nobody knows. And then they're also like assuming you built your garden bed up mm-hmm. above the soil to fill in the curb thingy. Right. Otherwise yeah. it there just looks dumb. There are some definite puzzle ones mm-hmm. where you're not like, I don't really know how you're supposed to go together. Yeah. My favorite is anything laid in flat on the ground. 
so that your mower wheel can sit on the edging. Which is what I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's what came. I mean, it came with our house and then we've continued it anytime we've made a new bed. Mm -hmm. So there's no trimming involved. Um, I do like the look of like the rocks yeah i guess the like bigger rocks that you can edge with yeah but it is hard to keep them like clean well what you could do is lay the the flat edge and then just set big rocks yeah Mm -hmm. along it yeah yeah absolutely so those are the things that i wish i would have known yep good things Mm -hmm. i'm interested to see what other people share yeah i hope people will yeah tell us what you wish you would have known about gardening when you started Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear it. Oh, I thought of another tip somebody gave me on water. Okay. And that is if you have like a lot of trees to water and you um, don't want to just like carry a five-gallon bucket around, you can time how long it takes your hose to fill up that bucket and or half the bucket, whatever you're planning to put on your trees. And then all you have to do is stand there and just like watch a stopwatch for each tree. Which I like that tip because carrying a full five-gallon bucket is a bit of a chore for me. There are people who are doing life better than the rest of us. Right. (laughs) They are one of them. That is one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, great. We've learned things. We will learn more. There will be more things where we go, oh, man, wish I would have known that. Mm -hmm. Like this water bucket head canon i'm having right now this is a great idea (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty smart isn't it especially since all of my five gallon buckets seem to have holes drilled in the bottom because i've at one time planted something in them yeah so i've got lots of buckets not very many that's your own got a hole in my bucket (laughs) (laughs) a hole in my bucket okay great well thank you everybody now let's 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 talk about what's on our mind oh yeah we gotta talk about plants okay Mine's my mine is my magnolia. <laughs> That's okay. a lot of M's. That is a lot of M's. The reason it's on my mind is because I need to. We just planted it this spring, and it's gonna be a bushier magnolia. But there's still a couple tiny branches down by the ground I want to prune off, and I was waiting for things to be like steadily chilly, so that um, that plant is is gonna be well receptive to being pruned um and then i just forgot and then i broke my pruners so how'd you break your pruners i tried to prune something too big because i didn't (laughs) want to go i didn't want to walk 200 feet to the garage to get the loppers you should always use the appropriate tool for the task so i Mm -hmm. bent the blade on my pruners you bent yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's hard to fix. Use the right tool for the right job. Same yeah. as the right plant in the right place. So I need to go get a new pruner blade so that I can prune my magnolia tree. But a cool thing about magnolias is at this time of year, they already have their fuzzy little flower buds for next mm-hmm. year. So in even though it's winter, there's still the fun shapes and textures to look at yeah sometimes you just gotta look a little closer yeah yeah. i like to i don't know this is why it's a good thing to go touching plants because then you learn that this is what you're allergic to yeah you learn (laughs) that too too. (laughs) except we didn't we just know one of 10 things we might be allergic to. like a fun game of russian roulette (laughs) 
Anyway, what's on your mind? Okay, so I only have like one plant outside that is on my mind, and that's still my asters mm-hmm. that are blooming. But I've talked so much about asters. So I'm going to go to inside one of my house plants. Yes. Um, a couple years ago, my grandma gave each of us some German ivy. Ooh, different than Swedish ivy, I assume. I'm you sure. Maybe just speaks a it, different language. I think so. It looks like ivy to me. <laughs> It could be English ivy. <laughs> it could be any type. But I have it planted in a hanging pot and it it falls down and I have clipped it to a like a trellis type oh, thing in my yeah. window. Yeah. So now it's growing on that, which is great. Yes. Perfect. Is this the trellis like it. suspended between your... Mm-hmm. Two, uh, you need to take a picture of that for this. I think you've given I, me a picture. I have, yeah. And that picture is probably better because why it's on my mind is that plant is not doing great. Oh, bummer. So I am currently in the plant ICU phase where maybe I've done too many things. Oh, I cleaned it up okay. a little bit. And then I thought maybe, I mean, I, maybe it has too much stuff. Yeah. Too many arms <laughs> for its spot. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so I also cut off a couple of arms. It's a common thing they fix in the ICU. <laughs> People coming in with too many arms. Too many arms. <laughs> so I took some. <laughs> said none of those. <laughs> and I fertilized it. That, yep, you should not fertilize after trimming. I know. <laughs> you have to let it heal. <laughs> and then I watered the heck out of it. <laughs> I did all the problems. You're killing it with love. I am. So then I thought, this is too much. Just sit back and see what happens. <laughs> so I'm kind of sitting and waiting. It's it, Some parts are coming back. Some parts aren't. No new arms have grown. <laughs> so, we'll figure it out, and I'll keep you all updated okay. on my German Ivy. Okay. Either way about the poor plant, <laughs> I think the trellis you have is cool. <laughs> it is, yeah. I had to... It kept, it kept falling. Oh. So now I have it, um, you know, with command stripped. Yes. <laughs> to well, the window. I think half my house is held together with command strips. Sure. Yeah. Uh... Sometimes it's a little concerning. We have plaster walls, so I try not to pound holes in them more than yeah. I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten pretty good at plaster walls, actually. Okay, before we leave, we have one more thing to talk about. It is end of your giving time. Everyone's favorite time. Everyone's of the year. favorite. How much mail have you received so far? Probably oh, a lot. Oh, my word. Like two trees, I think. That's okay because we plant trees. Yeah, true. <laughs> so it works out. We're going to even it all out. But I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to say, hey, everybody, if you want to keep hearing about Bloombox, you want to keep hearing this podcast, you want to see Bloomboxes in your communities, in your schools, and then beyond that, if you want to see us planting trees and doing big, fun projects where we turn over whole parks, which Mm -hmm. we have done at times, we need your help because that's how we do it. We are supported entirely by donations, memberships, and grants. That's it. People. You guys. It's it's you you all. Um, We are part of the university, but we're not funded by the university. So we need people who believe in what we do to step up and throw us some cash every so often. And this is a good time to do it. It doesn't have to be cash. It'd be checks. 
we don't take NFTs yet. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Non-fungible tokens. Is that what they're... Okay. Yeah. None of those. We, we also don't take, don't take Chuck E. Cheese tokens. We don't. <laughs> we don't take those. But we have received gifts of grain in the past. We have. That's fun. Yeah. Stocks. We can take those. Um, and cash and checks. Mm -hmm. All of those fun things. We really appreciate all of that because it's what keeps us being able to do this work every day. Um, any amount is great. If you can give $1, we will be grateful for it. If you can give $100, we will be grateful. If you can give $100,000, we'll probably get invited to a fun event. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we would appreciate it if while you're thinking through your end of year giving this year, if you would consider giving to the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. And you can designate it to Bloombox if you would like to make sure that your donation goes towards Bloombox because that's what you love and are passionate about. Mm -hmm. You can absolutely do that. All you need to do is go to plantnebraska.org slash donate. That's plantnebraska.org slash donate. And just fill in all the little pieces it asks you for. Select Bloombox if you want it to go to that. If you don't care where it goes, you can leave that blank, and that's fine, too. And it then goes... Then Hannah has to decide. And then I get to decide, right? Um, and that's fun, because usually that just means salary. <laughs> Which is great in my mind. <laughs> right. We <laughs> like... keep sitting here coming up with fun ideas like, hey, Hannah, can we buy a bunch of microphones and have a podcast? <laughs> right? We have become used to getting paid for doing work. We have, yeah. Our <laughs> so, families like it when we get paid. They do, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we would appreciate it if you would consider giving to the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum this year. We have a $30,000 goal. Mm -hmm. So if you can help us get there by the end of the year, we would really appreciate it. Yeah, and a lot of people's employers are doing their employer match for giving at this time yes. of year. So that's a good thing to think about be, too. Yes, be sure to check mm -hmm. check with your employer if they will match your donation because many, many do. They don't often advertise it, but they will. Um, and the other thing is if you're doing employee giving like through your paycheck or something like that, if it's part of the Give Nebraska campaign, then we're on that. That's yeah, We're part cool. of it. You just need to find Nebraska Statewide Arboretum under the Give Nebraska list, and they'll be sending us a check every quarter, thanks to you. And awesome. we will be very pleased. Okay. All right. So thank you, everybody. And thank you for listening to Bloombox Growing Deeper. Please send us your questions. Send us the things you wish you would have known when you started gardening. And look out for that next episode all about gardening gifts. We're excited. Yes. Cyber Monday. It'll be a good time. Bloombox and Bloombox Growing Deeper are both programs of the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. <laughs>